What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, joining me is Casey Cole. She is the SVP of Marketing Reward Style, and they actually have an award-winning app as well that I'm excited to talk about, which is called Like to Know It. But before we get into that, as always, the show is brought to you by Cave Social. That is us, and we are a team based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow online. So if you're feeling stuck, you need some help with your marketing, head over to cavesocial.com. Hit us up, contact us. We'd love to help you out. All right, sit back, enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, joining me on the show, we have Casey Cole coming in, and she is the SVP of Marketing at Reward Style and like to know it. Casey, how you doing? Hey, I'm great. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Now, we've talked a lot off air about really marrying you know, the right side of the brain and left side of the brain when it comes to marketing, balancing creativity and performance, and I'm excited to get into that. However, before we do, I want to hear a little bit of your story. How did you find your way into this crazy world, Mark? Well, thanks. I um, actually have more of a process of elimination of things that I learned and maybe didn't want to focus on. So I was an art historian gone bad, went back, got my MBA. And when I came out, it was dot-com days where everyone was taking Fortune 500 on the web. It's kind of very wild west, a lot of brochure wear. And that is really where I came up through is on the digital side. So doing first generation websites like Walgreens and Williams-Sonoma, FAO Schwartz, and really got into digital media with companies like Getty Images and Bill Gates owned Corbis, who were really about taking photography and simplifying the whole creative process and bringing you know more of the sales force online. About 10 years ago, I switched into the consumer space, which is really where I got this passion of left and right brain, where we've been able to really bring the brand or retail brands and performance marketing together, um, especially in that whole omni-channel experience has been built out. And that's led me to Reward Style and like to know it today. Reward Style is a three-sided marketplace similar to places like Uber or Etsy, uh, but it's all around influencer marketing. So we have over 5,000 brands on the platform, thousands of influencers who are driving sales. And then our award-winning app, Like to Know It, as mentioned, where you can shop. Everything's 100% shoppable content. We drive over $2.5 billion in annual retail sales for our brand. So we really have really blossomed in the retail space, obviously, and lots of growth area there, but it's been really neat to see. It's a great example of everything coming together on that left and right brain side. I love it. I love to hear that. And, you know, it's interesting. You're really enabling the creators, enabling the brands, creating this great these great partnerships. And I want to talk a little bit, though, about some of that battle, you know, that goes on in marketing, I would say, between performance marketers and then what I would call marketing purists. And I personally, I find people get married to one or the other. And I'm always like, guys, we can walk and chew gum here. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And I just wanted to know, like, your thoughts from you know, having multiple touch points on this. How do you think as an industry, maybe, or maybe it's something that you all are doing at Reward Style, but how do you balance it? How do you balance this, you know, creativity and metrics um, mm-hmm. for yourself? And, you know, I'd be interested to hear. 
Yeah. Well, it's a couple of things. I mean, I think the metrics of the performance were so needed in marketing. I know we've talked a little bit about this offline, but you know, marketing was in this place where it was very mass marketing, 18 to 54 targeting. There really wasn't um, a lot of accountability for marketing in that process. And so I'm thrilled that performance came along and allowed us to track, to measure those tools, you know, all the things that we needed to be able to do that. But it doesn't need to be at the expense of brand or at the expense of creative. You know, I think performance has swung. We've swung so far to the other side where we just like, it doesn't matter what the picture is or, you know, it's really about the DR and the CTA, you know, whereas there's also a heart and a brand. And I think that it's really not about performance or brand, it's performance and brand. And I believe, I'm a huge believer in that everybody owns the brand. Your brand marketing, your purists, those folks are the stewards of the brand. But every person, whether it's call center, whether it's you know the performance marketer, whether it's PR, everybody owns that brand. And so it's very important to bring that through. And that's when I see marketing at its strongest. You hit on something really important there, right? Mm-hmm. Which is everybody owns the brand. Yeah. Listeners, that Every means person. your customer service people, those are the frontline people that are communicating. Mm-hmm. That's your brand. Think about it like this. If we go to the Hilton hotels and we have mm-hmm. the front desk and back when you could go to hotels, back in you know, <laughs> I 70, days, yeah. 75 <laughs> years ago when we could go to hotels and you'd have a great, let's say a person at the front desk. Let's say Elizabeth at the front desk helped you out. She was amazing. Awesome. You don't walk away from that experience going like, oh, Elizabeth was awesome. You walk away and you say, the Hilton is awesome. And there's no difference if you're in the CPG space, software space, whatever it is. If you train your people right. I just love hospitality because I think they understand it. Yeah. Yeah, they understand Every touch point is part of the brand experience, I think more so than a lot of people or a lot of other industries. So you nail on the head there on everyone owns it, that we have the stewards, the people driving it forward with our creatives. But heck, if you send out a salesperson to an event, they're representing the brand. 100%. Every touch point, every piece of collateral, every contact with the customer. And I think that's a hundred times more important now because brand has really become about experience. That's what digital has also brought to brand is that it allows you, I mean, brand is a bit of experience, whether it's in your app, on a website, in a hotel, with customer service, brand is so much about experience and how you truly interact and hopefully really dive into the brand and it become, you know, a very important part. So much of the younger generation of Gen Z and even millennials connect on a value base. So that experience is really critical across everything. And building off that, the experience, and then that means paying attention to, to the product marketing. And how does the product, the experience is everything. I, we, we see product marketers who are like, it, product, it has to be usable, all these things. And I'm like, yes, that is the most important thing. You can't market crap. But two, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the product combined to me with the sales team with the marketing team, with that follow-up email. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I mean, if you think about swipe right, it's just swipe right. But Bumble, very different experience, right? But mm-hmm. it's the same idea, right? So it is really about how you use that to integrate in the experience and connect with your customers that makes the difference. I 100% agree. I love it. And it's something I think to your point, like it was like a pendulum really, right? Mm-hmm. Where we needed performance because people were wasting a lot of money before just blasting out ads to, at scale and being like <laughs> relying on some Nielsen ratings or yeah. something. And you're like, what does this even mean? But then it got too far. It got to, we, the more data we had, the more I think we wanted ROI on every single thing. And brand got lost for a lot of, you know, in lieu of lower cost per click sometimes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And it's not at the expense of that either. That's the other thing is that it really, really need to come together. And there's so many tools of digital that allow you to create even a better brand experience. I mean, you think about performance, you would be like, okay, we're going to do 10 iterations of something that allows you to create a level of personalization that connect a customer to the brand even deeper, right? So what the picture that you put there and the content that you put there and the click through and where they land or where they're directed all matters. And it's strongest when they're together. 100%. And I think it's just like, you know, this episode is in what we're talking about is understanding like the first principles thinking of marketing and really this philosophy of, okay, how do we approach this? And it doesn't matter if it's cave social reward style mm-hmm. or IHOP, mm-hmm. it, it, right? It's, it's getting it. Cake. <laughs> hey, hey, hit me with them <laughs> flapjacks though. Yeah. It's really taking that thought process to go, okay, when our consumer pulls in to park at the IHOP. It's not the experience of when they open the door at the IHOP. It's like when they park, what does that look like? All the way through the end. I love the way you're thinking. Yeah. It is all about the small details and the special touches. And especially if you really want to build a very loyal, like cult-like brand, but even especially if you have lifestyle, which is so much of what retail is today, like you really got to think about how you do that. And, you know, I think you have to think about all these experiential elements. I'll give some examples. Like at Tommy Bahama, when we were building out the stores, we moved when we transitioned the brand to be about sparring relaxation. We took the stores and we built several of them, our flagship stores, where we built the, the floor about two or three inches above the floor and it was all wood planks. So it sounds like, and feels like you're walking on a boardwalk. Or we'd pump out like that coconut smell to make you feel like you're at the beach, right? So it's all these things that allow you to like immerse yourself in the brand. And I think those are incredibly important. They don't always have to be, again, physical. But I think like every touch needs to be thought about and thinking about how you can kind of craft that whole journey with the brand. That's really what it's about. Oh, the subtleties, right? And Mm, those really start to add up. It's addictive, Um, yeah. Four Seasons, Four Seasons is like a genius on every touch. Like there's no reason that a small brand to a medium-sized brand to a retail brand can't take that same approach and how they really like get the customer engaged at that level. I think what they understand, right, is the value of repeat business. So I think a lot of companies, and this is performance once again, is and uh, emphasis on sales has been so much of we need to get the lead, we need to hook them in, we need to sell them. And then we forget about that experience throughout using the product, which then that's our repeat business, which any business professor or anything will tell you like the value of a repeat customer is like you uh-huh. know, 10 to 20x over your one-time person. Hospitality gets that when you yeah. get into a room and the pen is placed at a certain part on a desk and they'll know something like if you're left-handed that pen might be on the left side of the desk like they get it to that level that i think to your point if the four seasons can do it and they're all over the world why can't start up one two three do it and just say we're going to pay attention to our customers and that's where strong brand and then execution and that partnership with the performance is so important and really being thoughtful about how you do that. I mean, you think about retail and I'm using retail as an example, but you know, most of retail databases are one-time buyers and that is often they've come in, you know, through, you know, a DR, for example, response, or they've fit a certain demographic, but if you don't build them into the lifestyle, they won't be a repeat visit. And so I think that's really important in thinking about who your customer is and how you can create a lifestyle. And you can do that even more so today with digital. I mean, especially think about like social media, like the storytelling capabilities that you can do that balances brand and DR is like incredible. You know, it's just getting more and more robust. And that is, of course, where people are discovering brands more and more. So how you bring that to life is just as important as, you know, driving them into the next step. 
Oh, uh, and it's like you said, you can go from the ability now that companies have to go from creating creating really like cult followings, right? When it's lifestyle yeah. now, mm-hmm. I think of Lulu Lululemon. I worked at Lululemon yeah. in university and oh, like cool. to yeah. see the training that went into mm-hmm. that job versus other retail jobs. And then to see how people reacted to, you know, athletic wear and then yeah. outside of that and all of these things, you're like, whoa, they never spent on advertising. You won't see a Lululemon mm-hmm. ad anywhere. But what they do is they pay for every single one of their employees to get memberships at every local gym. And they make Mm. you go to those gyms Mm. wearing Lululemon. Yeah, that's great. Well, and you know, they bought Mirror, right? So now they're a great example of, again, like expanding, doing a lifestyle, like really plugging into people and becoming more than just one dimensional brand or one area of the brand. You know, I think, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about where you'd said, like, even like salespeople, like, look how much that's changed with online, that like ropo behavior. I mean, again, I'm dating myself. That was like eight years ago where you research everything online and then you go to the store and the role of the salesperson used to be sales in the store. Now they really need to be product experts because people have already educated themselves and coming with an understanding of what those products are. So it's more about like color and fit and education and fabrication. There's so many ways in which you have to rethink the people in the store and what the role is as part of that overall brand experience. And everything, even influencers too, when they get a product that they're going to push, they need to be understanding the technical components. It's no longer, hey, these are pants, they're nice. It's like, oh no, these are pants, they have four-way stretch, they have moisture wicking because the customer is not stupid. And they're going to put, we need to stop treating them like they're dumb, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of people do that. And yeah, I think I that, like, that. you know, they're not dumb. They've done their research. They've come to you because they've done research. Okay, now we got to take it over the top and, and mm-hmm. give them really that information. Yeah, I mean, I think influencers are really the retailers going forward when you think about it. Like here's someone that you connect with through their authenticity, whether it's, you know, being a mom or whether it's a lifestyle or a look. And so they're the ones who are often like, hey, if you think about like, you know, a large company who does like flat lays, like it's hard to look at the product, right? Or you have a multi-brand retailer who does a lot of like photo editing and styling in the studio versus a real person who maybe is a similar body type is like this run large, or this is how to wear it differently or like, hey, size up, you know? So I think there's a lot of ways which influencers are really translating that brand and being such a representative and ambassador. There's a reason for that. And a lot of them, you know, are really able to make that connection with the customer for the brand. 100%. And I think, uh, I think honestly, that's probably a good place for us to uh, wrap it up. I've enjoyed this so much, Casey. Let people know where they can learn more about reward style and connect with you online. Yeah. So rewardstyle.com is really gives a whole education about the company from brands to influencers to consumers. Definitely encourage you to download the Like to Know It app um, in the Apple Store and Android where you can search across millions of shoppable, 100% shoppable content and find really cool things you never thought you'd discover and follow new influencers who can really, you know, guide you to new areas of style and products. Unreal. Thank you so much for coming on today. I will put all those links in the show notes, Casey. Have a great day. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks. All right, everybody. Um, Until next time, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Take care. Um.